We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey everyone, welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, the Friday morning DFS version. I am Scott Jensen, joined as always by Andrew Laird. Uh, we are sponsored by WinBet. We appreciate their sponsorship. They're the exclusive sponsor of the Rotowire uh, Fantasy Podcast. Andrew, we've made it past week one. We have a base of stats and games and highlights to watch. Uh, how is everything with you? I'm looking forward to week two. Everything's good. I'll, I'll good. say that I've seen a bunch of tweets this week about people who have either been proven right or proven wrong on their preseason expectations based off of one week. And I feel like we constantly talk about how there are small sample sizes in DFS. And in order to know how good you are, you have to probably play like thousands of slates. And that's just like not happening in football in the NFL like we just don't have them and so it's funny for people to have like some sort of confirmation bias after a single week of the NFL where it's just such a small sample and yet we're going to say like hey this guy played really well this week so he's going to play well this week and we're just going to go with that and I don't know if you know some people will be proven right but I felt like based off of last week I was looking at you know certain things that I, I mean I obviously built my lineups on things that I thought would happen Right. And obviously they did not happen or else <laughs> I would be a lot happier of how my results went. But right. but I just feel like we have to remember that what happened last week doesn't have a, that big of an indication on what happens this week. And so, you know, we may have learned a few things, but really what we should be learning more about DFS week to week is just whether, you know, we put the right lineups in the right contests, whether we enter the right contests and like the actual results on the field probably lat matter so insignificantly that it, and it's tough because we're about to do a podcast about what we think is going to happen on the field but like that's probably like the last thing that we should be focusing on for dfs i wouldn't mind some good results on the field too though <laughs> uh i mean i i spent three hours of my life watching the jets uh oh god which was like really that was my face for the first half and then there was you know there was some promise and that's how my dfs results went where i was like Ugh. And by the end, it was like, okay, there's some promise here. And hopefully week two will be better. It's funny because my watching the Niners was the complete opposite approach. The first three quarters, I'm like, holy crap, they are really. And I, I was talking about them. Going to the Niners, Super Bowl. Going to the Super Bowl. I'm like, I really like this team. 
And by the end of the fourth quarter, I was like, the entire team is dead and they can't stop anybody. And they gave up 60 points in the fourth quarter to Jared Goff and something named Quinten, Quinton Cephas. And it's just, I was just like, this is I, so bad. And then more guys get hurt during the week. And it's just, I don't know, man, this team is so injury cursed, but I think it's half injury cursed and half a huge reliance on guys who can't stay healthy. Like there's some, at some point you figure out that Raheem Mostert probably can't play 17 NFL games. And it's just a matter of when. The problem is I didn't really think when was going to be after two carries. Right away, yeah. I I was looking at a bunch of cash builds. I played Mostert in cash, which ended up basically tanking me. And but like he, he was, if he played the whole game, he would have been huge. Like there's no, yeah, it's, well, it's, it's really hard to fault that because I mean, if Eli Mitchell's going to get that many yards and and Mostert was two for twenty before he got hurt, like I mean, the running lanes were everything we thought was going to happen happened. It just happened to be with a different guy. Yeah, yeah. The so I was going back and just looking at some of my the lineups that I made, and I ended up playing very minimal cash this week. Like I kind of made the point of like, I'm going to play some more tournaments, right. which obviously the foundation of playing uh, consistent tournaments is just getting more and more comfortable with losing. And <laughs> I ended up not losing as much as I thought I was going to, but the lineup that I was like particularly excited about going into the, into the game was the, was my Packers stack. And I like went by and obviously I'm, I'm like competing for dead last with that lineup with, with the way they played. And I think it's just important to be like, was the lineup build right? Yep. Or, or at least was it a reasonable lineup build? Did I, you know, focus on guys who were too popular or not popular enough? Like, was that lineup okay? And I think for people who were both, you know, uh, positive or negative last week, like the most important thing is to go back and not, not look at where you finished, but like look at your lineups and say like, did this lineup make sense? And the Packers getting smoked by the Saints. Yep. Obviously, it's like if I knew that was going to happen, I wouldn't have built that lineup. But like that, the we don't know any of this beforehand. And so, like, did the Packers stack make sense? And it was like, yes. But on the flip side, I was like, why, why didn't I have a Saints lineup? Like, I knew that people were going to play the Packers. Right. We talked about how like Jameis Winston is like a great quarterback for dfs because he just likes to sling it he didn't even end up throwing that many passes yeah, yeah he didn't i mean i i think that he was a huge the five touchdowns was a huge outlier i mean he threw like it was like a, it was an yeah. all-time nfl record for the most tds with the fewest amount of yards so like right like if you could have a bailout five touchdowns right that's what it was but i think so on the on the other side what i have to control myself is when you start playing multiple lineups in tournaments and I like, I for years have not done this. And so this is new to me, but there's this, there's this thought of initially, like, let me get as much exposure as I can to all of these games. And it's like, that's, you can't do that. You need to take stands and build around them. But there, there is just like that real pull of like, well, let me just like that. Like I didn't want any part of the saints. Right. Because I had had a Packers stack, um, what was the one that I actually won on? I can't even remember because it wasn't all that great. But like the worst part was looking to see the Chiefs stacks winning and you're just like, duh. Well, that was, yeah, exactly. I mean, we, well, of course I should have played Mahomes, Hill and Kelsey. But... <laughs> right. And, and we were talking how there was like plenty of value last week, particularly in wide receivers. And yep. it was like, you could have gotten away with it. And we were just like, oh, it's just too expensive to debt Mahomes, uh, Kelsey and Hill. And there they are at the top of GPPs. Yeah, I played. Uh, I only played two laps on Fanduel, but one was a Mahomes Hill one, and it did cash, and it was good, and it was solid, and it made up for the other one. But um, 
yeah, I mean, no Chiefs on this slate. Let's get let's get to this slate. No Chiefs yeah. on the slate in week two. They are uh, they are the Sunday night game against Baltimore. Pretty good game there. Uh, Detroit and K- and Green Bay is on the Monday night game, which is I don't know exactly what uh, what they were looking for when they uh, when they built that built that uh, <laughs> built that lineup, but. Uh, the Giants and the Washington football team played last night. Uh, so we won't be covering those games. This is a very interesting slate in terms of like the way it's split. We have uh, we have nine games at 10 in the morning Pacific time, uh, my time, uh, four games late. All four late games are over-unders of 51 or more. All nine early games are 49 and a half or less, and eight of the nine are 48 under. So if you are – if you're winning your GPP at uh, the in-between games, I wouldn't go buy the Porsche quite yet because there might be some points coming in the second half. Um, and if you're losing, you know, it's good because you may have a bunch of live. I've never seen a we, – we, we usually get nine fours like a normal split, but I've never seen a split where all the high-scoring games we're going to target are in the afternoon and none are in the morning. It's a very weird uh, breakdown. So uh, I remember early about- on last week, there were, like the early games were just awful, and everyone's like, man, congrats to everybody who stacked the late games. And like this is an actual case where that's <laughs> yeah. probably going to be the case. Uh, so let's talk about those high total games. We have four afternoon games. Uh, Minnesota and Arizona is a 51. Um, it's an interesting game. You and I really like the – we talked to you last week. We like the Arizona-Tennessee stacking game. And that worked really great for the Arizona side, but Tennessee looked horrible. And Arizona's, Arizona's D actually looked pretty good. Chandler Jones was a monster. He's a beast. Um, five sacks. Um, Atlanta at Tampa Bay. Atlanta, who looked terrible last week at Tampa Bay's 52. Uh, Tennessee at Seattle's 54. And then the game that I think everybody is going to try and get as many pieces of as possible, Dallas and the Chargers is 55. Uh, Chargers' first uh, first regular season game in, in SoFi Stadium. Uh, that just feels like one of those games where I look at it, I'm like, I don't even know how this is possible to go under. <laughs> which which means it'll be 17 to 13. But right, like, it's definitely going under, yeah. That certainly raises a game that there could be a lot. Of, there are a lot, of, a lot of players, a lot of points, a lot of fun stuff back and forth. Yeah, no, I think – I mean, I think that's the game that everybody's going to try to get as much exposure to. And we just have to figure out whether there are too many people doing that and that we shouldn't. But I don't know. It's I feel like last week with the Chiefs, it was like that game. Did that game have the highest total? The didn't. It was one of them. It might have been the Tennessee. uh, I think think, think Kansas City actually did. Was Kansas City? Yeah. So we were like, we actually didn't expect that game to be that popular because, you know, those guys are so expensive. And not that this uh, Chargers game is not, but I think – people are still going to really want to go to that game. And so yeah, that kind of makes me think maybe I shouldn't. <laughs> I think there's enough that uh, left there, enough left different ways to go that you can still go with it and, you know, maybe get different elsewhere. But, uh, you know, week two, week two, we talked about week two is dangerous because we've have, we have one week of games and after week two, we're going to realize that a lot of that week stuff, one stuff didn't matter, which is important to think of. Like we know that, you know, some, some teams that look terrible, like we look, look at uh, like Jacksonville last year in week one beat Indianapolis. And we're like, Oh, maybe Jackson was good. I don't think they won another game. So it's just maybe they won one other, whatever they're two or whatever. They won one late. But um in low totals. That's all I know. Yeah, exactly. Um in low totals, we have uh, we have kind of a bunch of games that are around that 45 line. Um Cincy and Chicago's 45, Denver at Jacksonville's 45, New Orleans at Carolina, a game you don't really think to be that low is 44 and a half. But obviously those teams are uh, at least New Orleans is different, although they scored 31 points last week. Yeah. And then, as always, we have the Jets game with the lowest total on the board. Uh, New England at the Jets, 43. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it, even because a Jets fan, you're like, well, they're not good, but like all their games are low scoring, too. Like, it's, it's a bad combo for you. It's just awful. Uh, yeah. Or if they're not low scoring, it's high scoring from one team. Right. And it's usually not the green guys. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. I, I still think you should talk to your son and maybe, maybe pick a different team to root for. Do you think that's better than just giving up on football? Yes, I think that's better than give up football. Okay. 
I mean, he's like a he likes Scott Hansen. That's what he likes. <laughs> well, Scott Hansen is his favorite football team. So he might end up just rooting for his fancy players for his whole life, which is yeah, probably that's exactly what, what he does. Probably yeah. what a lot of kids will end up doing because I think that obviously is different than we were growing up. So that, that that's funny though. But let's jump in. Uh, let's talk about some guys who kind of like you know optimal cash lamps. The guys that are going to be really popular this week. Um, I think you look at quarterback. The guy that jumped out to me is like everybody's going to want to play him as Kyler Murray. Um, huge last week four passing touchdowns one rushing touchdown and like we talked about Jameis kind of like falling into those five touchdowns and it just worked out really well but like Kyler looked every bit of that that QB1 last week he was the high scoring quarterback he had five touchdowns looked great um Burrow Joe Burrow had 260 yards and two touchdowns on Minnesota last week in a game so they're playing uh playing Minnesota how do you feel about Kyler do you think he's gonna be the most popular do you uh do you gravitate towards him right away how do you how do you feel about uh Kyler coming off the huge week one so usually I don't pay up that much for quarterback. It's not that I pay play like cheap quarterbacks, but just like paying all the way up. It's like, if it's not Mahomes, it feels a little weird, but if it's going to be anyone else, it's probably going to be Kyler. Like yeah. we've got Russell Wilson at 7,500 on DraftKings, Josh Allen's at 72 and then Brady 69. I mean, that's a pretty significant drop, at least for Murray, but I don't know. You just keep going back from like a median perspective. Like Murray is by far the best play. And it's just a matter of whether, you want to pay down in, in other spots in order to get to them. And what I thought was weird was on this slate is at each position, but particularly running back, the it felt like the difference in realistic output from the upper tier running backs to the like kind of next tier is closer than it usually is. Yeah. And so I'm not just not sure. Like last week, there were just a ton of cash lineups that jammed all three of the three of the four big ones, like you know, whether it was Henry. Yeah. Cook, McCaffrey, or Kamara. And I saw plenty of lineups with three of them because you could pay down at wide receiver. And there's still some cheap wide receivers this week, but I think there are some very, very good running backs that are more that are more in the six thousand to seventy five hundred range as opposed to the upper tier like McCaffrey at, you know, ninety-nine or Cook at ninety-one. Like I'm not sure you necessarily need those guys this week. And if you can save a thousand or two thousand from those guys getting Kyler gets a little easier. And so I think we're going to see plenty of people at least want to play Kyler because like I said, he's got like the highest floor of any quarterback on the slate by far. Yeah, he does. I mean, I mean, obviously he looked really good last week, but let's talk about those, those high end running backs. We'll obviously get way into quarterbacks here. When we're talking about uh, GPPs, but those, the, the, the top guys that you think would be more, those popular, we've got McCaffrey is 9,900. Um, Kamara is 8,800. We got, uh, we have Derek Henry. We have Galvin cook, kind of those four guys. Um, I think McCaffrey and Kamara are probably the two that are going to be the the more popular in that uh, in that range. I think that uh, people are going to be worried about Derrick Henry with the game script against Seattle. Uh, he come and didn't play well last week, didn't do much. Uh, I think kind of the same with Cook. I think people, if anybody, people are going to be worried that uh, Minnesota's going to get behind. We're going to have a lot of uh, you know Justin Jefferson and, and, and Adam Thielen plays, but maybe not as much Dalvin Cook. I tend to think McCaffrey and Kamara are going to be the most popular of those four. McCaffrey, I mean, didn't score a touchdown last week, still had 28 points or 27 and a half points, something like that. I mean, nine catches. He had over 95 yards rushing, or 98 yards rushing, 89 yards receiving. So just, he kind of was the same old C-Mac. Yeah, I think the difficulty with that price is, I think that there are guys who can match his floor for cheaper, particularly this week. Like, Carolina is the sixth biggest underdog on the slate. They, Or excuse me, the sixth biggest or lowest uh, implied total. So like yeah, New Orleans Rundy is very good. Yeah. And so, I mean, we've seen him have, you know, good games against everyone. So it's like tough to be like McCaffrey's a bad play, but like yeah. 
I'm just not sure you need that much salary. Like I'm guessing the two V two of McCaffrey and whatever quarterback you go with versus Kyler Murray and some of the cheaper running backs. Yeah. I'm just not sure that McCaffrey ends up being optimal, which like sounds nuts because he's like <laughs> Mr. Optimal. And they did. I mean, they, they killed Aaron Jones last week, although that game script got out of control pretty quickly. Yeah. And that was, you know, more probably as much of that as it was the Rundy, but the Rundy was really good in 2020. It looks like it's continuing over this, uh, this week. So yeah, I do get that there. Um, Alvin Kamara is interesting. Kamara has had, over 20 carries once in his career, and now he's had over 20 carries once in this season. So he's up to two times. Uh, only the second time ever he had 20 carries. He was 20 for 83, scored a touchdown receiving. I think he had three catches for eight yards. Um, Got to think against Arizona, they're going to need him to be heavily involved. He's $1,100 less than C-Mac. Do you think a lot of people will go to Kamara in this matchup? He's against Carolina, right? Not Arizona. I knew that. Yeah, I was like, wait I a minute. Just, I just talked about the uh, Carolina Rundy right, against right. Uh, the New Orleans Rundy against McCaffrey. Yes, sorry, it's against uh, against Carolina. But I think that the, it's one of those games that Jameis the five touchdowns is not going to happen. I mean, it's just that that was a weird game. They only threw 450 yards. I have to think they're going to lean on Kamara. I mean, 20 carries tells me a lot about uh, about maybe what their mindset is this year. Well, I mean, particularly 20 carries in a game where like Winston threw 20 passes. Yeah, you know, it's like it's I, not like. Um, it's not like that I mean, ran. It's not like that ran ninety plays or something. Right. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah. I think Kamara makes more sense than McCaffrey this week. Uh, I mean, obviously the it's the same game, so we'll see both of them at the same time. But I just the I, the only struggles I have with 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 Kamara, excuse me, is how much Jameis actually throws to him. Like we make this this idea that like you know there's no Michael Thomas or all these targets available, but like we're not. We have really basically no track record of a high receiving running back with Jameis under center. And so, you know, we, you like the safety of Christian McCaffrey because, like, if they fall behind, they're going to have to throw a lot, but he still catches a ton of passes. And the Saints, I just like, if they fall behind, I just don't see Winston throwing, you know, five yard outs to Kamara. Like, I think he's just going to start gunning it, whether they tell him or not. And so, that's like my only hesitation, but they're favored in this game. And so they should be running the ball more. And if they're going to run the ball, then it's Camara. And so, you know, you're just looking at, you know, if you look at it just from that perspective, then he makes more sense. Looking at like, if you depends how you, how you quantify Juwan Johnson as a tight end or a receiver, but he played tight end last week. I mean, they had like four catches by receivers last week. Yeah. I mean, Harris had two Callaway had one. Chris Hogan had one, I think that, and Ty Montgomery again. If you want running back or receiver, like four or five, but it's yeah. it's crazy. I mean, he had he had twenty pass attempts and like six of them were wide receivers. So it was it was just a weird game. I think it's hard to get thirty eight points. By the way, I thought they scored late. I had thirty one on their score, but um, it's a weird game that I don't think we could take a lot from because I don't think they're going to get many games exactly like that. So yeah, you, I totally you, agree. You but mentioned I, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, but I'm I'm not sure you need either McCaffrey or Kamara. Okay, like, I think sure. that there are running backs that are cheaper who this week could be just as good and you're getting the thousand dollars in savings. Let's, let's talk about those right now, then kind of in your, in your optimal, like the most popular lineup, uh, your, your cash lineup. Uh, I think the, before I get down in the six thousands, I think the one that stuck out to me was Nick Chubb at 7,800 against Houston. Um, he was 15 for 83 and two touchdowns last week. He was uh, two, had two catches also. I mean, the big thing with him is he does share that role. Kareem Hunt plays a lot. Um, I think Chubb played 53%. Uh, Hunt was 47% of the staff, something like that. But you talk about a great game script. Uh, Cleveland's favored by 12 and a half, uh, something in that range. Um, and Chubb not only has that like 
get me a bunch of carries in the second half of the game shift works out, but he's also an upside guy that can bust a plate anytime also. So he kind of, he combines those two. And I think that, uh, 7,800 is, is a weird range though. Like it's just, it's so close to the upper guys and it's just a little, it's kind of far away from those 6,000 guys that you're going to like too. Um, but I think in the matchup, I mean, Houston had a lot of trouble against running backs last, uh, last year. They didn't last week, but that Jacksonville team was a total mess last week. Um, I like Chubb at 7,800. I think, I think a lot of people are going to also. I would have bet my house that you were going to say Nick Chubb. I was so. not, uh, I, I'm nothing if not predictable. <laughs> so yeah, no, I, I, I think Chubb makes plenty of sense this week. Uh, what do you think about paying 6300 for a running back that had 100% of the running back snaps and touches last week for the sixth highest implied total on the slate? Is he 6300 I saw he was 6100 Oh, you're right, 6300 Um Yeah. I, I think that a lot of people are going to have Najee Harris. Um, the 100% running – but 100% of snaps was crazy. Like for a rookie, and you looked at stats, and like there's very few running backs that ever had 100%. Uh, I played him last week. I played him over Joe Mixon last week, which worked out terribly. They were in the same range. And I had that – I liked both, and I had that one slot left. I knew I wanted to play one of them. I ended up picking the wrong one on my main lineup. I did play Mixon on my second lineup that, that worked out. But um, the price seems low. It seems like uh, for him playing that much, but he didn't do anything last week. He was 16 for 45. He was one – he only had one catch. Um, but, you know, they're playing Las Vegas, coming off the, uh, the with the Monday night game, traveling east. Uh, they give up uh, two touchdowns to the Ravens on Monday night and 4.7 yards per carry. Yeah, I think Najee is, uh, Najee is a really good play this week. I just – I worry about that Pittsburgh offense a little bit. They looked horrible last week. I know they won the game, but, like, they had a block punt in there. I don't think Ben threw one pass over 20 yards. If he did, it was one or two. Like, he just – their offense looked weird. Like, both Juju and Deontay. I think he had a couple, one, maybe one long pass to Chase Claypool. But, like, Deontay and uh, and Juju's, like, uh, A dots were super low. And it was it's a weird offense right now. I don't know if they can block anybody. But 6,300 for a guy that's going to be, like you said, uh, sixth highest implied total, playing all the snaps. It's hard to get away from Najee knowing how much they're going to feed him. Yeah. And so, I mean, I'm not here to say that, like, I think Najee Harris's like floor is similar to McCaffrey's or Kamara's, but like, yeah. And so just like fundamentally the things that we should be looking at when we're building lineups are totals in terms of like how many points a team is going to score and usage and like, you're not, and then obviously salary after that. And like, there's just no better combination this week than Najee Harris, which is like scary because again, he had a horrible, you know, basically a lineup busting yep. uh, score last week, but that's kind of the things we have to look at. Like, I don't think he was a bad play last week. That's more of a results over process. And I yeah. think playing him this week, the results should bring you there. Like the things that we fundamentally look at should point to Najee Harris. And that doesn't mean that, you know, if Roethlisberger throws 60 times for, a, you know, seven a dot, that's different. <laughs> but like, you know, hopefully Harris gets on a few of those uh, pass attempts too. Yeah. And I, the thing with usage is if they get inside the five, he's going to be on the field, which is really important too. Like you want, you, you know, you're not worried about them, uh, you know, using somebody else. And, uh, but it's weird. I think Pittsburgh's one of those teams. Like I, I think in six weeks, we're going to know a lot about their offense that we don't mm-hmm. know now. They, they can be fine. They can be good as, you know, I think we think they'll be good, but not great. But I think that uh, they can be bad too. I don't, I don't know. It's one of those few teams. I have no clue. Um, I mean, there's a lot of teams I have no clue about, but they're one of the ones that, like, I don't have any clue what their offense is going to look like if, if Ben is done or if Ben just looked bad last week and, you know, he's going to be Ben again. So I just, uh, they're a tough team, but I think, I think, I think a lot of people are going to gravitate toward Dodge. I think that hundred percent of snaps has been everywhere on Twitter this week. Every article has mentioned that. So I think he was the, he was the next guy I had in here is kind of the cash optimal guy. 
Um, the other one guy I want to ask you about in running backs uh, in this range before we get uh, before we move to receivers for kind of the, the popular ones. Um, what do you think people do with Eli Mitchell? We kind of referenced uh, Raheem Mostert earlier. Uh, Mitchell's five thousand. I don't really think there's any quote unquote free squares this week, but uh, Mitchell's five thousand on a team that loves to run the ball on a team that uh, scored forty one points last week. Um, he's clearly the speed guy that kind of just falls right into that Mostert role. Like they're going to you know, get him on those, those outside zone reads. He makes the one cut and he's gone kind of thing. Um, looked good last week. Although I think his touchdown, a lot of running backs would have scored on that. It was blocked really well. Uh, George Kittle actually pancaked two guys on that run. It was freaking awesome. Um, for as much as people like, Oh, George Kittle didn't do that much. Uh, yeah. George Kittle does a lot. It's just, you don't see it, yeah, but you're just not counting pancakes enough. Yeah, exactly. So, um, a, do you do you think Eli Mitchell is good enough to play in a in a lineup? He's five thousand. B, do you trust Kyle Shanahan at all to give him the ball enough? Um, I think the answer to the second one is nobody knows the answer to that one. But who knows who ends up in the doghouse in the next the next forty eight hours? But um, what do you do with Eli Mitchell at five thousand? Kind of with the with everybody's been talking about him this week. I think that the difficulty with playing him is that there's like pretty big opportunity costs when it comes to running back this week. And so if you're going to play three then obviously he's got to be in the discussion. But like I said, like we have cheaper guys that I think have a path to being better. And like when you say cheaper, you mean mean cheap, not cheaper than Eli, right? Correct. Not cheaper than him. Uh, And, and, but I think we kind of have values in a lot of spots that if you don't necessarily want to play McCaffrey or Kamara or cook, like you don't have to. And so now it's like, well, if I want to play Najee Harris or, I'm almost like contractually obligated to mention like Chris Carson is cheaper than Najee Harris. And I definitely definitely have him as someone to mention when we talk about the the running backs for GPPs. I I like, like like the Seahawks have the third highest total total of the slate. And so he's actually, and they're, and they're favored too. So that's, that's it's a, a, if you look at like a good formula for, for uh, running back, it's certainly Chris Carson this week. And the same thing applies. And I can't believe I'm saying this to David Montgomery. I mean, they're playing the Bengals and like, yeah, but he looked good against the Rams last week. Like that. Yeah. That, like, at some point, I think, I think we've we've not made fun of the David Montgomery thing anymore because I mean, he's been so good. But right. he looks really good Monday night. Yeah. On an so offense just, that had zero threat of throwing the ball more than five yards down the field. Right. right yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I just feel like we have a bunch of guys and even like a little more expensive, like Austin Eckler, I think is yeah. always a good play. Like, so when you start, you are, you mentioned Chubb. I'm trying to think there was another one that, um, oh, I don't think Zeke is like the worst play in the world. I probably wouldn't play him in cash, but like he's 6,200. Like, and no one wants to take Zeke right now. Right. Right. But I mean, so, Joe, Joe Mixon had 33 touches and he's 7,000. There are a ton of guys in this range. Yes. And so I think opportunity cost is really the, the reason why I don't need to put my faith into Shanahan's backfield roulette. I don't. I don't blame anyone for not uh, not putting trust in Kyle Shanahan and his lineup <laughs> decisions at the moment. So, um, so let's talk about receivers. But first, a note from our sponsor, WinBet. There's one thing we appreciate here at RotoWire: it's making good decisions, and even more so, making the right decision. Listen up! I have an incredible offer for you from RotoWire's newest partner, WinBet, the premier digital casino and sportsbook app. WinBet is now the exclusive sponsor for RotoWire's fantasy podcast. WinBet brings you all the latest action with a user-friendly interface, money line bets, boosted parlays, over-unders, round robins, live betting, and so much more all at your fingertips. Want a break from sports betting? Head into WinBet's digital casino and take a spin on roulette. Double down in blackjack, slam the slots, or try your hand at Baccarat. WinBet is currently available in six states, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, all while rapidly expanding. At WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. WinBet is currently offering all RotoWire listeners a risk-free bet up to $500 on your first wager. Download WinBet now. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. 
WinBet, the exclusive partner for RotoWire's Fantasy Podcasts. Also a sponsor, a note from our Blue Wire sponsors also. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy, with Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketplace platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results fast. It's okay if you don't know much about marketing. Constant Contact's writing assistant tools and automation features help you craft messaging and say the right things at the right time. I use this to help write and send my email newsletters, and you should too. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So, Andrew, wide receiver in terms of the the, the popular, you know, cash game optimal guys. Um, I kind of went in the 6,000 range. I think there's three guys in here that people are going to really play a lot of. Uh, both Cowboys guys between CeeDee Lamb at 6,400 and Mari Cooper at 6,000. We talked about that. That Cowboys-Chargers game is going to be really popular. Um you know, I think everybody loved the Dallas uh, offense on Thursday night against the against the Buccaneers, uh, and then Cooper Cup at six thousand. One of those, like we run into the situation where Monday night games don't get factored in the pricing, and Cooper Cup looked awesome on Monday night. They talked about how Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford have breakfast every morning four thousand times on the broadcast on Monday night. <laughs> you had probably gone to bed on the East Coast, but it got to the point where like we get it, like they have breakfast together, and and why is Robert Woods not joining breakfast? Like how dumb is yeah, he? really? Um, but he's only six thousand. He would not be six thousand if the the Monday night had been, you know, obviously they, they put the pricing out before Monday night game, so it doesn't get factored in. Um, those are the three that jumped out to me. Like everybody's going to play these guys, and then De- DeAndre Hopkins at the expensive one, eight thousand. If you if people are going to stack him and Kyler together, try and stack that game. Uh, those are the ones that jumped out to me. Like I think everybody's going to gravitate towards those guys. Where, where do you fall on the who are going to be the super popular wide receivers this week? I think that's absolutely the the group that most people focus on. I think Cup might be on like 150% of cash teams. Like right, I think exactly. not only that, just the type of receiver isn't seeing what Tyler Lockett did last week. I think people are just like, nope, that's exactly what Cooper Cup can do. And so they're going to plug him in. Yeah. Obviously 
the, he doesn't have the breakfast narrative, but that makes Robert Woods a little more attractive for tournaments because I think he's going to play a, cup. I think he's like an almost automatic. Like if you're going to play someone that game, I think you in a, in a tournament, I think you just flip to Woods because Woods is really good and just like everybody's talking about cup. Yeah, and just maybe he doesn't eat breakfast and maybe he has lunch with Stafford and they just didn't talk about it. Like I don't know, it's, it's always something. But anyway, no, I think that's that's definitely the group. Um, I think. There are some cheaper guys that could be popular, including one of your favorite players of all time, um, because DJ, you have some injuries. In- DJ Moore? Uh, wrong initials. KJ Hamler. There it is. My dude. Dropped a 50-yard touchdown last week. It was great. But we're close. It wasn't, a great, it wasn't, you know? a, great, wasn't a great pass, but one that uh, an NFL receiver has to catch. But, uh, yeah, I think that uh, with with, uh, with Jerry Judy obviously being injured and out for six to eight weeks or whatever it is, I, I think that uh, uh, Hamler's finally on everyone's radar, not just mine. Yeah, no, no, I think uh, absolutely. And uh, I think you can make the same kind of argument for Cedric Wilson from the Cowboys, which is weird to me. I, I, but... I was saving that one for later, but I love that. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, no, you're good. You're good. So I'm not sure why – not that I'm not sure why, but do you think Michael Gallup would have been – a reasonable target this week if he was healthy? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it depends. His price would have been probably 5,100 or something like that. So it probably would have fallen that weird mid-range. But yeah, I think I think Mike Gallup's, Gallup's really good. It's just that the fact that Cedric Wilson's 3,100. Like, I oh, think yeah. If you want a piece of this game, like Gallup at 5,100, you would have been like, well, like he's clearly the third guy. Like I just can go up to CeeDee Lamb and find a way to do it. But it's just the fact that, that Wilson is 3,000 less than these other guys too. So do you think so? Uh, Gallup is was forty nine hundred. Okay. So your fifty one is a pretty good guess. But do you think that people who play uh, Wilson are playing him with Lamb and or um, Cooper? I think you get two different builds. I think you get a Dak, one of the receivers, and then Cedric Wilson is the second receiver in a stack. Or I think you get Cedric Wilson totally by himself as a cheap guy to get a piece of that game if you're not stacking that game. Hmm. Is kind of how okay. I would see people doing it. That's the, so it could be either or. I don't yeah. think you're going to get a lot of people that play Wilson and one of the receivers without Dak. I think that'd be an interesting. I mean, yes, you could do it, but I think if you're going to get two receivers, you want the quarterback too. I just think a lot of people will go Wilson just because he's so cheap and it gets you so yeah. much other stuff in it. You get you get a piece of the highest total game with a guy that had a bunch of targets last week. They're talking. I, mean, I guess he didn't have much. He had like three targets, but he they're talking him up this week. Like he's he he slides in that Gallup role easily. I just think price plus game is going to be a, a lot of Cedric Wilson. And do you think that more people focus on the Cowboys? Uh, I'm focusing more on the Chargers, but I think that a lot of people focus on the Cowboys because they have so many weapons. And I just yeah, I, like I wonder. I just think he's, so, I think he's so 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 cheap. I mean, he's almost min price for receiver. Yeah, that if you can get a receiver in that game, if there, if there was a if there was a Chargers receiver that was 3100 that we you know that, that people liked, I think it'd be the same kind of thing. But uh, okay, I just don't. So it's just he, like a. Charger stack with a Wilson run back or a Cowboys stack with Wilson. I think that's going to be popular. But I also think there's going to be a lot of lineups that don't necessarily stack that game and just throw Wilson in as the guy to, to save money yeah. because you get a piece of that game. But yeah, um, let's talk about popular tight ends real quick before we jump into the, those tournament builds. Um, I mean, I guess you can't really start tight end without talking about Darren Waller and his freaking 19 targets on Monday night. It was like, it was almost a joke. Like I was talking to a friend during a game. It was like, it, it's just kind of dumb. Like he just drops back and just throws it to Waller every damn time. Like it was just, you would talk about receiver, like quarterbacks honing in on, on a receiver. And it was like over and over and over. And like Waller was 10 for 105 and a touchdown and dropped like a 40 yard bomb down the sideline. That was a little behind him, but a ball that he has to catch. And like 
Carr missed him a couple times. Like his game could have been massive. It was already big enough, but um, they're at Pittsburgh or at that. They're at Pittsburgh. Yeah. They're at Pittsburgh. Yeah. Um, Mike Tomlin's a good, smart coach. Like you got to figure he's going to do something to, to figure out that they throw to Waller every single time. Right. Uh, does, it, does it even matter? Like, is he just that good and that, that honed in on him? That doesn't matter. I just, on this slate, I'm just not sure, at least in cash, that like 7,600 for a receiver. Like, I don't even want to call him a tight end. Like, just even a receiver, like, playing as an underdog with West to East World. And they're not technically West Coast, but Western team to Pittsburgh. You could could throw them West Coast. I won't be offended by that. Yeah. uh, They touch a a state that is touching the coast. I'll put that. Same time zone. Yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it just doesn't seem like it's the most worthwhile use of that much salary. Uh, obviously, Waller's probably the best tight end available. Apologies to George Kittle and his pancakes, but <laughs> the I don't know. I just it, it doesn't seem like an ideal use of those funds when like I can get running backs or wide receivers that I'm a little more comfortable with because ultimately you're also relying on Derek Carr. Yeah, that's true. Who Before- I almost just called David. I, I've called him David about 65% of the time. So it's, <laughs> uh, it's a terrible percentage, but it's true. Um, if there is a tight end in cash games, you think everybody goes to, if they don't go Waller, just because Waller's expensive. Is there one that uh, there's like a bunch of the 4,000, I think are very playable, but is there one that you think is like, everybody's going to fall gravitate towards in the, in the, like the cheaper 4,000 range kind of thing. Not, I don't think it's like overly popular. Like I think, like Noah Fant is in a good position and I'm starting to like turn into this guy who mentions Noah Fant on every podcast, which is weird. Had a good game last week. I think but that, he had a, yeah, he had a good game last week against Jacksonville this week. I, like, I think no Judy maybe helps him more than anybody yeah. else in that, in that court too. Um, I think people will go towards Tyler Higby. Um, another guy that was probably would have been up a couple hundred if they had known about the Monday night success, but he was five of 68 on six targets. Um, Seattle gave up a touchdown at 57, 57 yards to tight end last week. Um, as I look down here, I think he's probably the next popular at 4,100, but I think you're right. I think it's kind of a, uh, a mix of percentages down there. I think after Waller, I think you can kind of play a lot of different guys. I, think, I don't think anybody will be uber popular, especially in a cash lineup. Yeah. I think the nice thing about Higby is, and this is going to just like accentuate my lack of like actual football knowledge. Like I never played football. And so I don't, I'm not like a hardcore football guy, Right, but so I'm going to use this very loosely. As, but as you sit here doing a hardcore, in-depth football podcast. No, this, this is a daily fantasy sports podcast that happens yeah. to be about football. There you go. So the I was saying before how I had like some reservations about Alvin Kamara pass catching from Jameis Winston because we have very little evidence that Winston likes to throw to running backs. But we have a decent history of Matthew Stafford throwing to tight ends. Like TJ Hawkinson was big last year. Yep. So – that made me feel like better that Higby could still be a, an option. Like, it's not like we're bringing in a quarterback that like only looks downfield or out wide. Like he is this quarterback that like looks for his tight end. So like that quarterback change, like didn't, you know, keeps me okay with Higby. And obviously week one completely justified what I was thinking. Yeah. I mean, I think Stafford's just, Stafford's just probably really good is what it comes yeah. down to. it. I think we'll see, you know, if he's a, Playoff type of quarterback, or but uh, he may certainly look good and uh, look good in week one and spread it around pretty well. I mean, we talked about Higby had uh, six targets and, you know, uh, Cup was involved. Van Jefferson caught a touchdown. Uh, you know, Robert Woods obviously caught a touchdown. Didn't have a ton of action, but uh, did catch the touchdown. But so let's jump into those, uh, the GPP tournament kind of stuff. We talked about kind of some optimal um, high percentage guys. And obviously the, those guys are tournament playable also. But uh, 
let's talk about uh, let's talk about uh, quarterback receiver stacks. Um, you know, kind of the the way that I usually start out a, a tournament line is figure out what I want to do there. Um, do you have a favorite stack this week? Is this something you're definitely going to go towards? Where do you kind of fall on uh, what you do with your your quarterback receiver stuff? So we. We talked about well, last week how like the Chiefs made sense, but they were expensive, and I can't, I can't really get a read on like how popular the top teams will be. Like we, so basically in terms of like implied points, like that's where I go for like passing game stacks. Like who's going to score the most points because a lot of points are scored through the air. So it's Tampa, Cleveland, Seattle, the Chargers, and the Cardinals, and obviously. Dallas must be right after that. Uh, Dallas is a little lower. Okay. Because let me see here. Yeah, I have Dallas. Yeah, like a half point below that. Okay. So they're still high, but gotcha. Okay. So it's like you're not getting any real savings with Tampa. Like you know, you're gonna have to you know pay somewhat a lot for Brady. You still have to do the whoever the wide receiver you get. That's, and that's you have my to thing. watch. That's my thing with Tampa is like good luck figuring out who's catching the passes. Well, that and you're going to end up having Gronk score the touchdowns anyway. So it's like, do I really want to play Gronk, who's like worthless without the touchdowns? And do they and do they throw the ball out in the second half too? <laughs> right, right. So there's just like a problem there. Cleveland, like we, I'm not sure. Like the reason why they they have such a high implied total is because they're playing Houston. Like it's. Yeah. And that's a team that is very willing to run the ball when they're ahead too. Like I think that if they have a they have a fourteen point lead in Houston in the second half, like it's Chubb and Hunt, and it's just like they shut down Baker. Right. So then we go to Seattle, where we have like a similar wide receiver issue with the uh, Metcalf and Lockett, and like who do you want to go to? Yeah. And obviously they're expensive, as is Russ. And it's not like the Cardinals give us that much savings since we like we want Hopkins, but like. After Hopkins, everyone else is cheap, but like, do you even want those guys? Yeah. And yeah. Kyler and Hopkins are both the most expensive in their position. So you're really, right. I mean, if you, you go with that stack, but you really better find some value pretty quick. Right. And so like now all of a sudden I'm like, I don't like any of these. And I just like keep going down and down and down. But then like, obviously the further you go down, the fewer points are expected to score. So like, but now it's like, oh, now I'm like back to the Rams. So now I'm like, all right, Stafford, Woods, Higby, and just like forget cup because yeah. Everybody's playing cup. Um, and then you start getting into the quarterbacks you never want to play. Teddy Bridgewater, Jimmy yep. Garoppolo, no offense. And now none, we're down to Dallas. None, none taken. Yeah. So like at the the only one that like made me think that maybe you can get away with not being overly popular is Buffalo. And it's one of, this is, I have two highlighted and that's actually one of them. Yeah. And so maybe Buffalo's the answer. So my let's talk about Buffalo first. Then um, Josh Allen kills Miami. Like he just owns Miami. That's like going back three years. Like he's he's had a, he's been top ten quarterback every week against Miami except for last year in week seventeen. But he had nineteen points at halftime and they took him out of the game. Like they, they just didn't need they they'd already clinched right. the playoffs. But um, Josh Allen struggles with pressure, which he he had some troubles last week against Pittsburgh. He was, he was a little more uh, inaccurate. Kind of the the two years ago Josh Allen, not the last one. But Miami blitzes a lot. They may get pressure, but he beats the. If you don't get there with the blitz, Josh Allen's going to kill you. Um, he had he had fifty one passes in week one, which I think is key. Like they are just going to throw the ball to the point that they made Zach Moss uh, inactive last week because they're like we we're just going to run the ball. We're just yeah. going to throw the ball all the time. Like there's no point in the the way we had this game set up. They're playing Pittsburgh. We're not going to run the ball against them. We're just going to throw the ball. And like they they just said they're going to throw the ball a ton. 
I guess the only thing is that you obviously want you want to pair him with Stefan Diggs, who was uh was nine for 69 and 14 targets in week one. But uh you just have you have that cornerback stuff on their side. Xavier Howard's a really good cornerback for Miami. I don't know if they're gonna play shadow coverage, but they're gonna feed Diggs. Like I think they're just gonna go with it. I, I don't worry about that very much. Like that'd be the one thing in there. But uh Stefan Diggs has double digit PPR points in every single game he's played so far in his entire career with the Bills. Like <laughs> I know it's only been a year plus one game, but that's still crazy. There's never been like a a three for you know thirty one game in there the entire time. Like it's just it's wild. Um, the interesting thing with my at that game is if you do stack that one, I do like it. It's one of my two stacks that I that I that I love, and I'll have a sneaky one also. Um, who do you come back with on Miami? Like do you do you do? You, I, I think it's Jalen Waddle who actually looked really good in, in week he did one. Look really good. You could go Will Fuller, but like, uh, who knows where you're getting coming off the suspension? Who's how involved he is? Who knows how much he's practiced? Who knows how much? Like, there's a lot of things with Will Fuller that I that I like, but I just I'm a little worried. We just don't know what it looks like in this offense, and I don't love Tua throwing deep to my guy. Like, he had a couple of deep balls last week, that looked all right, but I just I don't. It doesn't make me feel great. But um, I think Allen Diggs this week is really good, and I don't think it'll be that popular. Yeah i I think you kind of nailed it there. The the run back, maybe you just don't run it back. It's probably, I mean, yeah, you can be, there's no, there's no rule that you have to, but um, I don't know, Jalen, I thought Jalen Waddle looked pretty good last week, but I just, it's hard to figure out this. I mean, Gusecki had zero catches. Like it's just hard to figure out this, uh, this Miami offense sometime. And uh, what was Waddle, what was Waddle was four for 61 and a touchdown last week. Like that would certainly play it, uh, certainly play at the price. Yeah. He is, uh, he's 4,500. Like at least the, at least the price works out with Waddle and someone that was, that looked good in week one. Yeah, no, I think that makes sense. I think, uh... I think the the way that you justify that not running it back and it, it it probably doesn't even make sense, but like the idea is that I mean they're not gonna run Josh Allen if they're up. But like theoretically if they're up big then Allen probably has something to do with it because he has yeah. something to do with every touchdown they score. For sure. Um, but yeah, I don't like I think it's gonna be a thing all week season of like, so who do we want from Miami? And it's just like crickets. And so yeah. I don't know how much I want there. So the other stack that I love, and you're going to get to it in your list at some point, but I, I love the Chargers this week. I know it's going to be popular, but uh, I actually – it's funny. Justin Herbert only had one touchdown last week, but had 337 yards passing, and I actually thought he looked awesome. I watched a bunch of that game. I had actually bet on the Washington football team, so I had that game on one of my TVs. It didn't work out well for the bet, but um, I actually thought Herbert looked great. He had a couple plays in the end zone that just got dropped and just out of reach, but like really good throws. Um, I like that he threw 47 times in a close game. I think that uh, the game with Dallas, Dallas is going to score. I don't know if we fully think they can hang with them, but Dallas is going to score points. I think it, it was pretty clear last week that Dallas's offense is pretty good. Uh, Brady lit up Dallas last week. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence, their best pass rusher, is now not playing. Um, Keenan Allen is the guy that I stack him with, but I think you get tricky. You can go with Mike Williams too, who's expensive enough that I don't, I don't think anybody's going to have him. He's 6,100. I think everybody, if they want to do it, will go up to Keenan Allen at 7,000. Or find somebody else in that range. If Mike Williams is like forty eight hundred off the big usage, I think he'd be popular. But sixty one hundred is expensive enough that he had twelve targets last week. But I mean, Keenan Allen's averaging twelve targets a game. His last twelve uh, last twelve games, twelve targets a game. His last twelve games with Herbert, like they just he just he just focuses it on him. But um, I love I love Herbert Allen this week, and you can run it back with uh, Amari Cooper or Ceedee Lamb, whatever you want to do. Um, I don't know how po- I think it's be, I don't think it'll be unpopular. I think, but I think there's enough options in here. You you talked about you know, four stacks before you even got to the Chargers as your, as your fifth highest implied total. Um, it's my favorite stack of the week. I do like Allen Diggs, but Herbert Allen, one of the Cowboys running receivers, is kind of the way I'm going to start uh, start a bunch of lineups for sure. So if you don't think that one's popular, 
I mean, I think the Cowboys will be popular as well. And so I think yeah. just naturally you'll end up getting some Chargers popularity because. Yeah. And, and it's the highest total on the slate. Like it's not going to be unpopular at all anyway. I just don't, I think there's enough options though that I don't think like everybody gravitates towards it. I think it's, gotcha. I, think it, I think what I'm saying is like, I think it's gonna be a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, kind of medium to low popular. I think there's gonna be a lot of people playing. You can play Brady, you can play Dak, you can play Herbert, you can play Russ. I mean, there's just so many ways you can go and all of them have good stacking options. I think it'll be kind of be spread out enough that you kind of pick the one you like the best and go with it. No, that that's absolutely fair. Uh, I think that's the right way to think about it. I'll be honest. I was going to ask you about this because you're an expert on one side, but I, <laughs> I saw a number of articles touting Jalen Hurts this week as like a one-off quarterback. I have him in, in my in my in my in the list of like quarterbacks you want to play naked. He's the one guy I have in there. Well, but like that's going to be the case all season. That like we're we're there's not going to be a, a wide receiver. That Although, that was exactly this. The combo I had last week. There you go. That reminded me of it. Devonta Smith looked darn good, and they were using him, and he's still really cheap this week. Yeah, Smith looked good. Rager uh, ended up yeah. doing pretty well, and I was that was uh, one of the lineups I was complaining to you about. I think I sent you a screenshot of Rager with zero points, and then yeah, you know, did. Half, half an hour later, he's fine. You sent me the, I can't believe I played 2% Rager and 4% Thielen. They scored like three touchdowns within nine seconds of each other. Right. <laughs> it's a, it's it's a just, magical power you have, and you should keep using it. Yeah, no, I'll give you the credit for the power. It's just me. That, my mine is just complaining. But anyway, what do you think? And we tell you, I mean, this, this was like a thing last year, like Murray just like destroyed the 49ers. Is running is a running quarterback against the 49ers still a problem? Yeah, I think so. Um, Dre Greenlaw, one of their better linebackers, is out now too. Like, I think that hurts. I mean, I think that they they, they just, they don't blitz. Like, I think they blitzed, blitzed like 7% of the time last week. And it was, with, without that, you know, if you don't get there, the running quarterback has time and all of a sudden he can take off. And they just, they seem to have trouble. Like Kyler was a problem. They had Josh Allen was a problem last, uh, last year also when they played yeah. them. Um, yeah. I think that's a, I think that's a, is a play. And I, the problem with, with Devonta is uh, Jay, or, uh, Verrett, their, Jason Verrett, their best cornerback is now out for the season. And like, they don't have a second good cornerback. Like they have fine cornerbacks and they have guys that can play, but like yeah. Brett was the guy that you stuck on the best receiver. You don't fully shadow, but like he was out there a lot against the best receiver. They don't have anybody that can stick with a good receiver right now. I think that Devonta Smith, I think he's 4,500. I have to scroll down my sheet to see, but like, I think he, if you want to play him standalone also, I don't think, I don't think, yet. how much is he? 54. 54. Okay. I was, yeah. Rager's 41. A little, little switch of the numbers, but I think at 54, I think he's still really playable. Um, I, he looked like their main guy last week. Like he, like, I think they, Rager played well too, but it, it seemed like uh, Devonta was really, really involved, but um yeah, I think that uh, I think that Hertz and, and Smith are very very playable this week, and I don't. I mean, you talk about uh, you talk about Hertz, how good he was last week, but I don't think he'll be popular either because there's so many options, and I think he's yeah. super playable against the Niners defense. Yep. No, I think that that definitely makes sense. So the, the two I wanted to ask you about, uh, one we've kind of briefly talked about was New Orleans, and if everyone plays Camara, should I just play Winston and Callaway again? I think that again, uh, Callaway again, but not Winston. I think you should think about playing Callaway off the bad game. I'm not playing Jameis this week, though. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I like Callaway. I don't think I think he's better off just being played solo, like as a one off. Then I, I do too. I think he's playable as a one off. I think that everybody will. I mean, he was the he was the chalk bust last week. He had one catch, but um, you know, it was uh, he was playing Jai Alexander, which we you know we talk about corners and. But more than anything, the Saints just didn't have to throw the ball. Like he'd, they didn't have to throw, he yeah. didn't have to push the ball down the field. And we talked about six balls also wide receivers. They didn't have to. Like they just they just called everything away from that. They threw the ball to tight end, they ran the ball. It's just 
you know, I think that it's it's one week in the NFL and it's a game script thing. And I think the Callaway, you want to come back with it this week. I think it's very playable. Yeah. Okay. So of these four teams, which passing stack do you think is the least popular? Okay. I have a favorite sneaky stack, so I hope it's not unpopular. I hope it's right here. Let's see. Okay. So it's uh, the Dallas Chargers or uh, Tennessee and Seattle. I think the least popular of that group is Tannehill and AJ Brown or Julio. I think that I think I think by a pretty decent margin too. Shouldn't we just play them? Yeah, I, I think that's very playable. Seattle is going to score. I think we saw Seattle. I mean, I think Russell Wilson only threw twenty three passes last week and yeah. it was really good. But um, I think Seattle looked really efficient. I think Tennessee um, looked terrible last week. They're going to have to score. Yeah, I think that uh, if you want to be different. Um, I think people will play AJ Brown because they could get you get some like uh, you get some Russ Metcalf lock and then bring AJ Brown on the backside. Um, but I don't think you get a lot of Tannehill and Brown or Julio. I mean, Julio didn't look great either. But um, yeah, if you want a, a piece of that game and a game that's the team that's getting behind, I think Tannehill is a very good tournament play. Okay, because because like I'm looking at that one, and like their implied total is not that high. In fact, it's like it's the same as New Orleans. They're like their team total at least is behind the Patriots. Seattle, like, got, Seattle got thrashed by by receivers last year too. Like I think that they played well last week, but Indy's Indy's uh, Indy's offense might not be fantastic either. So yeah, and so it's funny because I was looking at the Indianapolis passing game, and I'm like, can I get away with this? I'm like, I want no part of this, like none. <laughs> so let me let me, let me hear my favorite sneaky stack before yeah, we uh, before we jump on here. Um, I really like the the Cousins Jeff Justin Jefferson stack this week. Oh. Um, Cousins 6,200, Justin Jefferson 7,400. Jefferson was only five for 71 last week, but had nine targets, had a touchdown that somehow got robbed and not overturned on review. Like he clearly scored. I just don't think they have the right angle. Like it was weird. Like I'm like, oh, it's a touchdown. I flipped games. I came back. I'm like, why is Dalvin Cook have the ball? So um, it's 2021, but, and apparently we didn't have the camera angle. Yeah, right. Despite 100 a, cameras in the stadium these days. But we've talked about like seven different quarterback stacks. We didn't even get to Minnesota yet. But um, I think it works. They're going to have to, they're going to have to score against Arizona. Arizona is going to score. Uh, I like the fact that cousins are a little cheaper. allows you to come back with Deandre Hopkins. If you want to use that, I think that works really well. I mean, cousins was three fifty one last week. He had hit, he had three fifty one two touchdowns should have had three. If he had the Jefferson one, um, they do need to give him time to throw. Like someone needs to block Chandler Jones. That's kind of probably going to be important this week, but I think it's a potential shootout. They're going to have to score. Arizona's going to score. I really like this as a, as a stack that nobody's going to have. And it gives you a piece of A, Justin Jefferson, a top five receiver, and DeAndre Hopkins, a top five receiver. Then you get two great receivers. You get the lesser quarterback, and I think you can really roll with this uh, with the stack. Why don't I just play Adam Thielen? Oh, you should, totally can play Adam Thielen. I, I, didn't mean, <laughs> I didn't mean to leave him out. It's just like one of these weeks he's not going to score two touchdowns, and maybe this is the week. But at some point we have to stop saying that because he scores two touchdowns every week. Um, they're just so similar in price that I'm going to go Jefferson for only 300 bucks more. Yeah, I think this is this like wide receiver group is will be the same issue that we have with that we have with like Tampa and Dallas and Seattle. Like we have two guys, and which one do you play? Yeah, and I think. Like, uh, what was the combination last week? Somebody in our Discord was asking about two guys that projected basically the same. They were teammates, but I'm, let's let's say it was Jefferson and Thielen. Okay, I was gonna say Metcalf and Lockett. Maybe I don't know. I don't think it. I don't think it was. But so, but the example works just as well with Thielen and Jefferson. That if they project for basically the same number of points, then the only decision that you should make is based on who will be more popular. And if you're playing tournaments, you play the guy who will be less popular. 
because the number of, you know, the realistic outcome is that they will be about the same. Yeah. And so like, if it's 50.5% of the time that Jefferson outscores Thielen, then there's 49.5% of the time that Thielen is the higher scoring one. And if fewer people have him, then you benefit from that situation. And I, whatever, like the, I didn't even really respond to the question of like, who do you like better? Because like, it doesn't matter who I like better. Like, and it was like, Oh, do you think this guy will, will go off today? And it's like, there's, that shouldn't even be a consideration. Like the DFS, at least those decisions in DFS, you cannot start thinking about like what I think will happen. Like realistically what happens is they score the same number of points or very similar number of points. And so what I want to do is take advantage of the people who say, no, this guy is definitely better because like there is no definitely like, I think that, I think you just fully made out the argument for Robert Woods this week. Yes. Right. It should have been Woods. Right. And, uh, and, but, and we have that, there are so many teams that have this situation, but, but like, we don't see, uh, Evans, like significantly more popular than Godwin. Like those situations don't happen, but like, we always see Metcalf more popular than Lockett. Yep. We always see Jefferson more popular than Thielen. And so it's like, if that's the case and their realistic outcome is about the same, always play the, the, uh, less popular guy. Yeah, no, it's, it's, a, it's a good game theory GPP point. And I just uh, probably one that I need to do a little more of. I get stuck in a little bit of the, I think this guy's going to go off this week. And that's, uh, that's dangerous. So he might. Yeah, he might. Uh, before we move on, let's uh, a note from our uh, sponsors at Fantasy Stand. Playing fantasy sports is so much fun. But once you dive deeper, fighting against all the other players for a percentage of the pot, there might be sharks. Even when your fantasy team crushes it, those skilled pros may leave you without a single cent. Luckily, the days of having a great score and not getting loot are over. With Fantasy Stand, you're playing against the house. If you reach the threshold, you win. It's that simple. Sorry, baby sharks. To participate, choose a free or paid entry contest in the lobby. For salary cap, you have to pick nine players while staying at or under the salary cap. For pick them, you simply pick one player from each of each tier that presented are presented with, and they're all done. Now sit back and watch the results. See if your fantasy team has what it takes to stand out from the rest. Come out as the high score. Get ready for additional prizes. So where do you stand? Visit FantasyStand.com to sign up today. So uh, we talked about uh, we talked about quarterbacks a bunch. Uh, are there any expensive wide receivers or running backs you think are going to be really lesser uh, lesser rostered this week? Like we talked about, uh, uh, we didn't really talk about Dalvin Cook at all. He's ninety one hundred. Derrick Henry's eighty three hundred. Uh, those are the two to me that kind of feel like they're going to slide in a little bit under the radar just based on um, you know game script and how they looked last week, which is really dangerous when you get guys like these. But both guys didn't do much last week. Um, Seattle limited Jonathan Taylor to 3.3 yards per carry, so that's another thing against Derrick Henry. Uh, Dalvin Cook was only 20 for 61. Um, Arizona, on the flip side, just played Derrick Henry really well, so they're kind of flipping teams here. Um, I think those two will not be very popular this week. I mean, they're obviously Henry and Dalvin Cook, so people are going to click on them anyway. But I think they're the, they're the less popular of those guys at the top this week. Yeah, no, I think the the best way to look at running backs is to see which which games have high totals and which games in high totals have receiving stacks that people want to play. Yeah. And then go play the running back. Because if everybody's playing the receivers and they have to score all these points and do it. And like we were just saying, we like the idea of a Titans uh, passing stack. So then, you know, you can go play Henry. 
And how many times were we like, oh, this is not the week Derrick Henry goes off and he goes for 226 right, yards. And right, 38 carries for 225. <laughs> and and on your point with the passing stacks, does that make uh, does that make Austin Eckler kind of less popular than he should be this week just based on the fact that everybody, people are going to play Allen or Herbert Allen or Herbert Allen and Jared Cook, like whatever he may be. Yeah. Um, does Austin Eckler get lost a little bit in that shuffle? No catches last week. I think a lot of people are focusing on that. Um, seems at 7,300 that I think in that range, people will be like, I'll just either go, I'll go to Chubb or I'll go down to Najee Harris. He seems like he gets a little lost to me. In the sense no, I, I think you're absolutely right about that. And I think he joins, I can't believe I'm saying it again. Like if you're thinking, do I want to play Wilson Metcalf, Wilson Lockett, Wilson Metcalf Lockett, why not just take Chris Carson? Yeah, I I, I think Carson really, really jumps in the mix. He's cheap too. He's 60, I'm the school now, 6,100. He was really good last week. 16 carries for 91 yards. I know they were ahead, but three catches also. He can catch the ball too. Um, but they're a home favorite with a high implied total. Like it, I think Carson, I think Carson's a really good. If you don't, if you don't play a Seattle passing stack, I think Carson's someone that I'm I'm gonna slide in some line of 6100 in a bunch of spots. Him and Najee kind of in that same spot. I think both are really playable. You could even play both of them. And we're talking about, you know, Stafford, Woods, Cup. No. What about Henderson? Darrell Henderson, who played a ton. Like, I, everybody, yeah. I think everybody thought, like, oh, Sony Michelle's going to get a third of the carries. Like, Henderson, it was pretty much – he played 94% of the snaps. Yeah. I know that it was a weird game where, like, the Bears were on the field the whole time and they, he just didn't get a chance to get tired. But, I mean, he was, what, uh, 16 for 70, had a catch for 17 yards. He's 5,700. Um, yeah, another guy that I think is uh, in that in that kind of middle range. I think there's a lot of guys you can play. Yeah, I, I think, like, fundamentally, just do that. Like, even if you, uh, you want to play – a popular passing stack. Like there are plenty of uh, running backs on those teams that you can play. Like I mentioned Ezekiel Elliott before, like you're going to get Elliott. Like, no, one, no, no one, no one's playing him this week. Right. Right. Why would anybody play him? Like why? I mean, the whole talk has been how he's been the worst first round pick of all that. Like, and what is he? 6,200. Like he's really, he's, he's cheap yeah. for Zeke. I just, I, yeah. If you want to be different, like in, I, you know, it's like I said, week two is so much deeper than week one. And we'll talk about it next week. I'm like, oh, I can't believe this guy. We thought this guy was dead after week one. Like, I can't believe Ben threw four touchdown passes. We thought he was dead. But I mean, Zeke is, uh, he's active. He actually looked, he, he looked pretty, he looked in shape. He looked fast. He just didn't look, he didn't look great. He had a couple plays he should have scored on. But yeah, I mean, if you want to be different, I think it's, it's right there. And the same, the same note, we talked about all these expensive receivers. We talked about guys that we're stacking with. Uh, does that mean that no one's going to have Calvin Ridley this week at 7,500? <sighs> Yeah. Everybody is so down on the Falcons and Matt Ryan. Like they looked horrible last week against Philly. They were at home. They scored what? Six points. Like they looked terrible. So bad. Um, but you know, Ridley was five of 51, had eight targets. Um, Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb killed the, the Tampa secondary week one. Like we talk about Tampa's DB really good, but I mean, those guys both had over hundred yards week one. Um, I can't imagine you get Calvin Ridley for a, a lower ownership or a lower roster ship percentage this week. Than ever. Like, I, there's so many guys. There's there's Metcalf, there's Diggs, there's Hopkins, there's Justin Jefferson, there's Lockett, there's Thielen, Allen. We talked about every single one of those guys in a stack, popular, high total games. Uh, Ridley's in like the third highest total game. We haven't even mentioned him yet. Yeah. No, I think, I think if, if anything, he's at least popular only because of a run back. Like, yeah, that's, nobody's that's true. Yeah. But if you, but go the other way, play, I, I mean, I no, can't actually tell say, people to play Matt Ryan. No. <laughs> There, there's, like, there's a lot of things we can suggest, and that, that is not one of them. Thing, things get weird in the NFL. And so yeah. if you want to go Ryan, Ridley, and run back with Chris Godwin or Antonio Brown, whoever, like, I get like, it. 
I don't think it's crazy this game's 37-24, right? Right. And at 24 is all you need to, to make Ridley pretty usable. Yeah, absolutely. I'm trying to see here. Their implied total, uh, 19 and a half. But yeah, but I mean, I think that's so two touchdowns. 24 is not that far off. Like, I no. don't think that, uh, and you know, fourth quarter garbage time, those those stats still count too. Yeah, no, I think that's that's absolutely one that nobody someone, will think about. Uh, someone asked in the chat, James White, Javante Williams, or Cream Hunt in full PPR. I'll take Javante Williams, even though we're not talking about season long. I'll do it anyway. Um, but uh, let's talk about tight ends. PPR, so you're good. Yeah, there you go. That's true. Um, let's talk about tight ends before we talk about some cheap running backs and receivers. We talked about Waller. We talked about Higby. Um, you mentioned Noah Fant. He's probably my favorite one down here. He had eight uh, eight targets last week. Um, if you want unpopular, uh, George Kittle's going to be like 2% this week at 6,400, right? It's, it's hard to play him at that price in this offense right now, but um, a really good player that no one is going to have. Yeah, no, I think uh, you. it's like you took it right from my notes because – I'm like, I'm not going to pay that much for George Kittle. Like, why I would I do think, that? I don't think anyone is. And uh, George Kittle is a fantastic player, but just you know, the offense. He had, but he was four for 78 last week. It's not like Kittle was bad. Yeah. He, had, he had that one big, uh, big catch where he had a bunch of yards after the catch. But I think the price point here just makes him really tough to play. And, you know, if you want to be different with a stud player, this is a good spot to do it because he's going to be like 2%. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. The, the awesome thing about Kittle is – He's a tight end with big that playability. He's, that he's awesome. But it, well, that too. But like his big play is after the catch. Yeah. Like it's, he's not sprinting downfield and catching a 40 yard bomb. Like he's actually just catching a quick one and just destroying people as he runs through them. I, so, I, yeah. I, no, I like. I love George Kittle. Yeah. No, I think that's a great call. And yeah, I don't know why anybody would play George Kittle this weekend. And I think we mentioned we mentioned Fant, we mentioned um, Higby, but I think Gronk is going to be popular also down here. He's kind of in the fourth. He's forty seven hundred, you know, eight for ninety two touchdowns last week on eight yeah. targets, cut all his targets. Clearly, is a guy that if we get inside the twenty, Brady just locks in on him. Like, where's Gronk? And like, he's he actually checked to that the second touchdown. He actually checked to it to that play. He saw the blitz on that side and just like, oh, that play's going to be open. And just say what you want about Brady, the dude is a freaking knows everything about offense. Like, it's just it's fun. To, I, I don't like Tom Brady. Like, Again, yeah, you can't like him if you're, unless you're a Patriots or Bucks fan, but like the dude is unbelievable. He's 44, and yeah, I know. Um, the one guy I want to ask you about before we move on is some cheap, uh, cheap, uh, cheap receivers and running backs. Uh, Kyle Pitts went up $800 in salary this week. He did nothing last week. Very, po- very popular last week. Four catches, 31 yards, had eight targets, target on 23% of his routes, went up from 4,400 to 5,200. Um, I have to imagine his uh, his roster ship percentage is really way lower than it was last week. Um, what do you think anyone does with him at fifty two hundred? I I don't know why you play him other than you're like oh I he's you know the second best receiving option on that team and he's like yeah. kind of cheap but like I feel like a lot of the week two optimism on Kyle Pitts is foundationally from everybody's preseason expectations that he's a generational beast and will crush every week. Yep. And I think that you think you just, you just, I think you summed it up perfectly right there. I just don't think this is the week we need to use him. And so obviously, obviously he is supposed to be very good and will have monster weeks. And I'm just not sure. I, I just don't see the need to pay 5,200 for him this week, unless you're playing Matt Ryan. I, that's fair. And I think it's just the point that he's a thousand dollars more than Fant. He's eleven hundred dollars more than Higby. I just think it's hard to it's hard to get there this week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Jer- yeah, Jared Cook. 
Jared Cook's 3,900, and he had he had eight targets last week in a game yeah. that uh, is the highest total. I think that he works also. Um, if you want to punt, if you want a full punt at uh, at tight end, uh, James O'Shaughnessy is I think 2,900. Um, Seven. 2,700. It's actually a real it's a real name. I didn't make it up. Had eight targets last week for Jacksonville. It's a guy that Trevor Lawrence like kind of was a security blanket. He kind of checked down to him. They're going to have to throw a lot. You got to think that, you know, Denver played well last week. They're six-point favorites. The Jacksonville looked terrible. They're underdogs. Um, if you want a full punt, last week we had Tyler Croft. He did okay. He had like three or four catches. Um, full punt this week. James O'Shaughnessy, I think, is playable with eight targets last week. Um, it's a full punt, Andrew. I'm not talking about uh, I'm not talking about 200 yards and three touchdowns. Yeah, no, I think that's you, that's if you, fair. If you need the money, he's the guy that I'd go to down here. The the only one that kind of stuck out to me, and maybe because he's in this same uh, range, and I'm trying to see where they are on my list here. What we didn't mention was, and I'm I'm actually embarrassed to mention this, but we did not mention the Andy Dalton revenge game here. And I think if you can get access to Cole Komet, at least that'll get you some access to the Andy Dalton revenge game. If I went, uh, if I went with that, I'd probably uh, suck it up and play Allen Robinson, who is nobody's going to have this week. Just yep. they, that offense looks like he's six two hundred, and he's a really good player for six two hundred. But man, I mean, they what do you have? He had a, he had eleven targets. He went six for thirty five. Like, that's yeah. never, like <laughs> it's so gross. And Dalton, I mean, I know that Dalton they moved the ball, they got some first downs, but God, it's just so limited. Like I said, Justin Fields week four, maybe I was a week late on that one. I don't know, but. <laughs> Um, let's uh, let's talk about some cheaper uh, running backs receiver. We got to get people in. We got to get all these guys stacks and stuff in. But first, a note from our sponsor, Vivid Seats. Preseason football is wrapped up, and we're ready for the regular season to kick off. Live events are making a comeback. There's no better place to be than Vivid Seats to get back into the action. So grab your NFL tickets and cheer on your favorite team from the stands. Man, that feels great to say. Even better, they just launched a new and improved rewards program with free tickets for every fan. Earn rewards, ticket upgrades, and perks just for shopping. If you're looking for tickets to the big game, your favorite artist, or that new show everybody's talking about, Vivid Seats has it all. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, it's time to experience it live. So on the cheaper side, uh, we talked about Carson. We talked about uh, Najee Harris. Uh, do you like Damian Harris at all this week? 5,400 at running back against the Jets. Uh, looked really good last week until he lost the game by fumbling, and then they lost the game because of that. So uh, Belichick does not really take well to fumblers, but uh, it was only one fumble. He was 23 for 100 last week, two catches, 17 yards. Uh, you, do you like him at all again in a game that they are favored against your Jets? Yeah, I get it. I, I think it kind of goes back to what we were saying before. I just think that there are too many good running back plays this week that the opportunity cost yeah. is just not worth it with Harris. Like, i just not sure I see, like, a multi-touchdown game. I think – I think we've kind of hit the running backs. That was the only guy I want to mention. I want to get into receivers a little bit before we get out of here, though. Um, Steelers receivers. Um, Juju and Deontay had a lot of targets, but they were all short. Um, is there anybody you'd play here? If I had to play one, and I probably won't, but um, I'd go Chase Claypool. He's 5,700. He's the cheapest. Um, I think he's just the only possible big play guy. He was 3 for 45. He had a 25-yard rush last week. I thought, I thought he looked good. It just, I don't know, their offense is weird right now. But if I had to play one, if you're like, I want to get one piece of the Steelers uh, Steelers pass game, uh, I think for me it'd actually be Claypool this week. Yeah, but he had a catch up down the sideline. I was like, an excellent play. Uh, I, I'm just not sure I'm overly excited about 
putting some my money on Ben Roethlisberger helping anybody do anything. So yeah, I think I think uh, I think you're going Najee Harris in this offense right. this week and kind of kind of moving on. But a Claypool, if you do want a receiver, um, Claypool is, is of the three the one I would play. Um, there's other there's other mid range guys in here. We talked about uh, you know Brandon Cooks uh, was really good last week. It's a game that they should be throwing a lot. He's 5900. Uh, Jarvis Landry 6300. Odell Beckham has already been ruled out. God, I'm tired of Odell Beckham. Um, it's just I don't he was like he was like ready to play week one and yeah. now he's not playing week two like I don't know what we're doing here but um, Landry was five for seventy one last week had a rush touchdown he's averaging nineteen PPR points a game his last six games where Odell Beckham did not play that's a pretty good number yeah I think and we were talking before I mean Cleveland has one of the highest totals on the slate and so yeah, yeah I mean that makes and a ton he's of sense. Their- they're clear number one receiver right now. Yeah. We've got uh, they have Anthony Schwartz who can fly, and they have Donovan Peoples Jones. But like Landry's clearly the guy that's going to get the most yep. targets. Like I just you get the most targets on a on a team with that high of implied total. I think that I think Jarvis Landry this mid range is playable. Um, talk to me about the Cincinnati wide receivers. Uh, we talked last week that uh, you know we like T Higgins. He looked pretty good till he uh, got dehydrated, had to be carted off. It was weird. I thought he was injured. I looked up and saw the cart, and all of a sudden he was dehydrated. So it was, that was a good uh, a good avoidance serious injury there. But he had two red zone targets. He had an end zone target. He's 5,400. Uh, Jamar Chase, who apparently can catch an NFL football, is 5,000. That joke has been made 9,000 times this week. But um, five for 101, seven targets had a nice bomb down the uh, down the sideline for the touchdown. Um, this is a game where, you know, they're at Chicago. I think we kind of see this as maybe a low-scoring game, but Burrow throws the ball a lot. Um, are you dump, jumping in on the, on the cheap Cincinnati receivers at all this week? I'm not playing mix-in, so, like, theoretically that should, like, push you towards them, but – do you, have, uh, do you have one you prefer? Do you play the cheaper one? Would you pay Higgins coming off the uh, the, the quieter game? Where would you go if you had to play one of them? Uh, I don't think anybody's going to be that popular, so I'll just play Chase, who's the best one. Okay. I think that's fair. I think, and Jamar Chase, we talked about last week, like couldn't catch, but like is insanely talented. The guy was yeah. like, the guy was like a generational type receiver coming out of college. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he didn't play last year, but um, super, super talented. The only other guy in here um, – Two other guys, Corey Davis last week on your Jets scored two touchdowns. They seem like they kind of came late, but they should have to throw the ball a lot again. In that same game, um, Jacoby Myers is 5,100. He is nine targets last week. He feels to me like maybe a, a cheap PPR guy, but like I just don't know if there's a lot of upside the way that they he, – he just runs a lot of short routes. Yeah, I New England's like a team that I'm just not sure whatever to do, and so I just try to like keep my frustrations out by just not playing them. Yeah, I think I think that's fair too. Um, so let's get into Uber cheap before we get out of here. Uh, one running back. If you wanted to s- swap and pivot from Eli Mitchell, uh, do you see at all the the case to play Chase Edmonds at forty nine hundred? He's at Minnesota. Um, Sixteen touches last week for one hundred six yards. Um, clearly, Con- James Conner is the short yardage guy, but my, you know Chase Edmonds kind of was out there a lot. Um, you know, if you uh, if you want a piece of this offense and you want to get cheap with it, you can't afford Kyler. You can't afford DeAndre. Um, he could bust a big play anytime. It felt like uh, Chase Edmonds felt pretty good last week. Is Kyler not the short yardage guy? Well, yeah, I mean, there is that. There's obviously that too. But like, if they hand it off, it looks like uh, you know third and short, and goal line is James Conner. But yeah, yeah. no, I, yeah, Kyler's the guy. Kyler's the guy. Obviously, you want with the ball, but um, I think if <laughs> but, you want to, I think if you want to pivot off Mitchell, I think Edmonds is actually pretty playable in a game that we see a lot of points being scored. I, I think that's absolutely right. I was going to mention him before how we were like, oh, we, you know, if everybody's on a passing game stack in a high total game, take the yeah. running back and Edmonds just fits perfectly into that, that, uh, that plan. Yeah. And I, he's cheap. I, I think I prefer Edmonds to Mitchell this week. Straight I think up. from an actual like production standpoint, it's not even close. Like I think it's absolutely Edmonds. I think Mitchell will have three times the percentage though. 
Yeah. Oh, I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I think if, I, if I'm going to go cheap running back in a, in a build, I think I'm just going to play Edmonds and take the uh, take the cheaper guy and, and take my chances there on a higher and a high scoring game. So uh, my favorite. Let's talk about some cheap receivers. We talked about Marquez Callaway. I think that's a good like you know last last week's bum kind of thing at 4200. Um, Emmanuel Sanders is kind of interesting to me. We talked about Allen and Stephon Diggs. Emmanuel Sanders had eight targets, and there's like a lot of them were deep. He had like a 20.9 A dot or something like that. Um, Diggs will have Xavier Howard, so maybe he gets the uh, the lesser coverage. I think if you wanted to get a cheap piece of the Buffalo uh, passing game, I think Emmanuel Sanders is 4,000. Actually, pretty playable this week. Yeah, I always love Sanders. That A dot was very strange, though, because that's just like not the type of player that he is. Yeah. But when you have somebody like um, Josh Allen throwing, then maybe that's the receiver you become. Yeah, you mentioned KJ Hamler down here. He's thirty eight hundred. Um, he was three forty one last week. Jerry Judy's out. He dropped a fifty yard touchdown. Could have had a huge week. Uh, his price would have been a lot higher. His roster would have been a lot higher if he caught that pass. But uh, I think that he's just he's a bigger part of this offense. I mean, he's going to be in the slot every every time they're playing Jacksonville, who um, gave up a lot of yards to Tyrod Taylor somehow, which I didn't know was still possible in this era, but. Uh, I think that uh, I think Denver uh, Denver's pretty live. If you want to play guys, Javante Williams at running back. Uh, you know Melvin Gordon. It's, a, it's just too much of a split for me right now. And you're ho- you're hoping that uh, you know whoever hits the big play is gonna gonna work out. Gordon had the 70 yard touchdown last week, but I just I hate pure splits like that. Uh, you know, kind of Chubb's the only one from there that I, I'm okay with the split because he's so damn good and the, <laughs> the set the setup is so good this week. But um, yeah, we, well that- we we had uh, Marcus here in chat saying how many Denver players is too many to stack this week and like. <laughs> What's funny is that that's a situation where we're like, yeah, I like Fant, I like yep. Hamler, um, and yet we're like Bridgewater, and we're like, eh, yeah, he looked not. pretty, he looked pretty good last week, but uh, I think I just play one of the receiving options is kind of the way right. I get a piece of this. But is nope, does um, is Cortland Sutton just completely forgotten about then? You know, I, I think that that's a really interesting one because he was one for 14 last week. I wrote him down here. He's 5,200. Um, he played 80, 80 and a half percent of the snaps last week. Like he was out there a ton. Judy's gone. Um, and he's expensive enough at 5,200. Like no one's going to play him, right? Yeah. Like I feel like if you're going to do it, you're going to go to Fant or Hamler. Right. And if you're in that range, you're going to play Chase or Higgins or Devonta Smith. Like if he's going to be one person, two percent owned at 5,200, right? Yeah, that I I think that's exactly what it is, and I mean he's their best receiver. Yeah, and I think he falls, and I think he I, I don't think he's that far off Chase Higgins and Smith and maybe projections, but I think that uh, if you want to be different, I like I like Sutton a lot. It's a, it's a really good point. I like him at fifty two hundred. Yeah, absolutely. Um, in the, we talked about Cedric Wilson thirty one hundred played. Uh, he was in on eighty five percent of the dropbacks after Michael Gallup left, so he's very very involved. He only had three targets, but. I think on the field in this game is kind of what you're looking for. We're looking for him at 3,100. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, I mean, when you're looking for these cheap guys, yeah. Guys who run routes uh, and in games that may have a high total, that's all you can really ask for. Um, We talked about Cleveland a bunch with, uh, with Landry and with Chubb and with them, a lot of implied total. Would you do anything with these cheaper guys down here? We have Donovan Peoples Jones, Anthony Schwartz is 3,300. He had uh, five targets. He was three for 69 last week. Um, dude is crazy fast and kind of playing that deep guy role. But uh, I think if you play these guys, you're just hoping for that deep ball. And that's, that's always tough. Yeah. I, I like guys like that as one-offs more than more than like, I don't want to have to play Baker. I don't, I don't think you play Baker in a game that they're going to run the ball a freaking right. ton. So um, anybody else down here? Those are the kind of the guys I like. I like, uh, I like Callaway Sanders and Cedric Wilson. I think the three down here that, and Hamler is playable, but I think I, I go Wilson and, I'd probably go, uh, probably go up to Callie or Sanders down here if I had to go a little more expensive. No, I think that's absolutely the group. The I guess the only one that um, that sort of stuck. I'm trying to find his line from last week. 
So like if everybody's playing cup and everybody who doesn't want to play cup plays woods. You going, you going Van Jefferson on me? Did I spend 3000 on Van Jefferson? Yeah. I mean, he had three targets last week. So like, he's That's just like thing, a pure. Right? He just happened to have the big long touchdown play, but uh, I don't know. It's tough. I just think they have so many weapons, but yeah, I mean, he could have hit a big play. Um, I'd probably go. How much is Jefferson? He's 3000. Yeah. 3500. Um, oh, was he 35? Yeah, 35. Um, yeah, I'd probably go one of the other guys we mentioned instead, just the, off the three targets. I agree. I agree. I mean, Jefferson, the, like what he did last week is what you need him to do for it to work out. And like you you're not going to get five catches for 50 yards. It's not yeah. happening. You're right. You need you need that one big play. And with Stafford, yep. it's always possible. But, yeah, there's just there's so many options there. I think i go with the other ones. Um, let's talk about defense really quick before we get out of here. Is there any uh, defense that jumps out to you that you love this week? I think you're probably going to say the Patriots because uh, – uh, Becton's out for the Jets. They give six sacks as it was last week. Uh, would you play the Patriots, D? What are, you, what are you doing in defense here? I like the Bears at home against Cincinnati. That is wild because that's the one that I have bolded on here is the, is the cheap one. Yeah, I mean, 2,800 against a team that could throw 50 times. And the Vikings, had, the Vikings lost, but they had five sacks this week. Burrow can't move. I mean, he could, he, looked, he looked fine throwing it, but I think it's pretty clear that, uh, that Burrow, uh, when he drops back, he's throwing. He's not getting out of the pocket right now. Um, I think of anybody under 3000, they are clearly the play to me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with that. I, I mean, you can make a case. It's weird to see the Rams as the most expensive at 4,500 against Indianapolis. Like I get it when like can barely move in the pocket, but like, I don't know. It just seems like an, an absurd price when we have these teams under 3000 that could match them easily. I didn't. I didn't love. I, I usually love the Rams. D. I did not love them at the price this week. I have three in the mid three thousands. I think are, I like a lot. I do like the Patriots. Um, I like the Broncos a lot this week against Jacksonville. Uh, Trevor Lawrence threw three picks last week and kind of looked lost for a bunch of that game. They're thirty eight hundred. I, I like that defense in that situation. I, I like the Browns. I mean, the Browns against yeah. Houston. The problem with the Browns, though, I like their defense a lot. I think they get sacks, but Tyrod is not really a risk taker. And you want risk takers, so I think that I'd move up to Denver if I was going to kind of play in that range or the Patriots. Um, I think Zach Wilson's going to be a risk taker. I think that uh, he's trying to take a risk, but I think it's just kind of built this DNA. He's got such a big arm that I think he sees stuff that uh, he can get there. But more than anything, with with Becton out and the Jets getting up six sacks last week, I just worry that their 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 offensive line is going to get thrashed. Yeah, the Jets' offensive line was supposed to be like the the biggest improvement this year, and they looked like worse than last year in Week One, and so. Yeah, and I won't actually say it on the podcast, but that's fine, Scott. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but yeah, I think if I'm going cheap, I'm going. I'm going Bears. Like we said, Vikings had five sacks last week uh, on Cincinnati. Uh, Burrow can't move, so I think that's uh, that's there. Anything else that um, I feel like we hit a lot of players, uh, every yeah. different range. Is there anybody that uh, that we missed that you want to talk about? Anything on your mind you want to talk about? Anything like life decisions that you think you need to make really quickly that I can help you out with that sort of thing? <laughs> no big life decisions today. All right. Fair enough. That's good for a Friday morning. So anyway, I want to thank everybody for listening to the podcast. As always, we really do appreciate it. We enjoy doing it, but we uh, we hopefully uh, people enjoy listening to us. Do you please rate or review the podcast? It goes a long way towards helping people find the podcast. It does a lot for us there too, so we really appreciate that. We want to thank uh, WinBet for their exclusive sponsorship all year. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. Uh, WinBet is, uh, we thank them for that. Other than that, hope everybody has a fantastic uh, week two. We look forward to uh, chatting every week and hope everybody has a good one and take care. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. 
If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.